The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on all of the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explorer page in the post and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gambling. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen at the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 and up in President Select States. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes... You know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away? Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Welcome into the Ringer Gambling Show. Austin Gale here with Raheem, the Dream Palmer, R Tuna, R Tuna is a. I last week said you should take Cardinals minus two and a half, Saints plus eight and a half in a teaser, and the under. Two of those three hit, but oh my God, last week, that was not the play on the under. They, the, those two teams are giving up points in droves. It was uh, an over game for sure. And a fireworks show on a Thursday night that we've been desperate for after two stinker weeks. Yeah, I mean, that was a crazy game. And I don't know where they scoring points in, in droves. I mean, you got Andy Dalton, who gave up 14 points in the last two minutes of the half on pick sixes. So, I mean, that was a shootout, a rare Thursday night shootout, a rare shootout in a, in a, in a league right now where unders are just hitting at a rampant pace. Um, I'm interested to see what we're going to see this week because you have a struggling offense in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up against a Ravens team that can score in the first half but can't score in the second half. So what's your thoughts? Yeah, I'm excited to get into this Ravens-Buccaneers game. I'm kind of shocked that the line is only one and a half. I I, I think that right now the Buccaneers at home are one and a half point dogs against the Baltimore Ravens. The total set at 45 and a half. I don't know if I'm touching the total this week. I can't can't predict these island totals, especially on Thursday nights. I'm steering steering clear. I think the Colts-Denver, it made sense. You know, there's, there's some better totals back then, but right now, 45 and a half. I don't know where to go. I think the Baltimore Ravens have had a lot of success in the first halves of games, specifically on offense. And Tampa, they're a team that I'm scared to bet the over in in any game, right? I mean, they're, they're, their offense has really, really struggled to find the end zone. They put up, what, three points against the Carolina Panthers last week? That's a disgrace. Like, I, I don't know what this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team uh, is really doing. And there's a lot of concern with Tom Brady and the offense, et cetera. But where I'll start is 
This Baltimore Ravens team is the fourth-ranked team in my power rankings right now on the site at theringer.com. I do a power rankings file every single week. People hate it for it. People hate me for it. People don't like where I have the Giants, the Jets, etc. But the Baltimore Ravens, the case for them being the number four team in the NFL behind the Chiefs, Bills, and Eagles, however you want to have them, is that they, they have shown that they can get out to leads and beat up on teams. They've led by double digits in every game they've played this year. And yes, they've lost three, but they've only traded in about two, uh, trailed in about two minutes of game time. Th- th- this is an offense, specifically in the first half, that ranks tied for third in the NFL in point differential at 45th, just 24th in the second half. Lamar Jackson in the first half, seventh in the league in EPA per dropback. In the second half, 29th. Opposing teams are adjusting to this offense in the second halves of games, and they're finding ways to lose game in the, lose games in the second half. But man. I still, time and time again, find myself saying this Baltimore Ravens team is actually really good, and I'm willing to bank on a hot start against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, holding them to cover this one-and-a-half-point spread. See, this is tough for me, just because, look, when you look at Byron Leftwich, what he's been doing over the last couple of weeks is they've been running heavy on early downs, and that hasn't worked out in their favor against the Carolina Panthers and the Pittsburgh Steelers. On early downs last week, they had a 38% success rate, negative EPA per play, 0.16 against the Steelers. Early downs, 41% success rate, negative EPA per play, a 0.19. But now they're facing a Ravens defense, which can't stop the run. And mm-hmm. that might actually play into their advantage this week. Like, this is a week where if Byron Leftwich is going to run the ball, they might actually have some advantages, and I think their offense might perform a little bit better. The Ravens are just 23rd in defensive DVOA against the run. And, I mean, they're struggling with EPA per play as well. I think they're the 24th in rushing EPA per play, and I think they're 23rd in rushing success rate on defense. So I think this Buccaneers offense can perform a little bit better than what we've seen in the last couple of weeks. Now, obviously, there is some injuries on both sides of the ball to take into account, but... I'm not sure the Ravens should be laying one on the world here. Wow. Okay. Maybe we see this game differently then. The the injury report, we're recording this at 11 a.m. Pacific on Wednesday. We're going to see what other players end up getting ruled out for, for the Buccaneers already. Russell Gage, Carlton Davis, Antoine Winfield, John Murphy Bunting, Cameron Brait, and starting guard Luke Gedeke are all ruled out. Julio Jones is a game-time decision. Like There are massive, massive injuries on the, the Broncos or on the Buccaneers' side, and Akeem Hicks also doubtful. And I think this Baltimore Ravens rushing offense, whether it's Gus Edwards or Lamar Jackson or J.K. Dobbins when he's back healthy, is having a lot of success. And the Buccaneers, against no Christian McCaffrey last week, Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard, were torched on the ground. P.J. Walker put together one of the better quarterback performance of the year against this defense, and they're still battling injuries. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I'm struggling to find a reason not to back the Baltimore Ravens in this spot. I think they're the better football team, at least through the first two or three quarters. The fourth quarter, who knows what the Baltimore Ravens are doing. You know, whether it's Harbaugh, Jackson, you can play Greg Roman. Like, this team has not figured out how to put together a complete game consistently. I just think that the Baltimore Ravens are enough, specifically how they've started games and how they've started the first three quarters of games, that's enough to beat up on an ailing Buccaneers team. They are on the road. I understand that. They are going against Tom Brady. Tom Brady getting points, one and a half points at home is rare. But man, like, I don't know. I, I, I think the rushing success is one thing, but when you look at early down success, early down run percentage, the, ball, the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers aren't running the ball in early downs a massive amount. I, I pulled the numbers recently because Byron Leftwich was under you know so much scrutiny. You look at running the ball in early downs. They, they have the lowest rate 
or, or on first down specifically, lowest rate of running the ball in first downs in the NFL at 42%. They also mm-hmm. rank 14th in EPA per play on early downs, fifth in average third down distance. Like they're facing a lot of third downs because they're not creating explosive on first and second down, but still like their early downs aren't near the bottom of the league. I, I don't know. I, I, I worry. I worry about backing Baltimore because of how much they've collapsed late in games. And when you have a one and a half point spread, you have to close the game out. I, I just can't find a reason to back the Bucks in this spot. Yeah, I'm be honest with you. This is not a game I want to play. These are two teams that I would want to <laughs> fade. Like, and look, I learned this lesson last year. The Minnesota Vikings, they had a seven point lead in like every single game last year. And they didn't even make the playoffs. So mm-hmm. I look at the Ravens as being this year's version of them. And at wow. some point I have to put my foot down and say, there's something wrong with this team. And Obviously, I mean, they have some injuries of their own. Bateman didn't practice. Andrews didn't practice. Staley didn't practice. Um, Calais Campbell didn't, um, didn't practice as well. So, I mean, and you look at that secondary. That secondary is a problem. So, I do think, I mean, Mike Evans is a little banged up. Godwin is still in, though. And I, I just think Brady, as for as much as they've struggled, Brady might be able to carve up this secondary. I, I just, man, and they're going to be able to run the ball. I just... For me, I don't know if this is the gimme that everybody thinks it is. Everybody, the, most of the, I got 64% of the public all over Baltimore right now. They're laying a point on the road. I just got a feeling that maybe the sharp yeah. money comes in on the Buccaneers. I'm personally not going to be playing anything for right now. This total has gone up from 44.5 to 45.5. It's actually moving as we speak. Um, but I mean, my model makes this game 44. Actually, a book just went to 46 right now. So that's telling you, you know, a lot about those those Ravens secondary injuries and what we could mm-hmm. possibly expect. You know what? Sometimes the best betting advice is to steer clear. Because just as we were talking, the line moved from Baltimore Ravens minus one and a half now to Baltimore Ravens minus one. You have the Ravens now. You, you, you talk about 64% of the public <clears throat> on Baltimore yet the line's still moving in the Bucks' direction, that screams sharp money. That screams people looking at this Bucks and this one-point dog at home and then potentially you know, coming out. If you are looking to bet this game because you are listening to a Ringer Gambling podcast and you're looking for some hits here, first half, Ravens minus 116 in the first half. That could be something you look at. You could also look at Ravens first half total points. The over 10 and a half is plus 106. If you like the over, there's some first half lines that maybe have more value than the full game, especially when you consider how much Jackson and Harbaugh and this Ravens team have struggled to close out games. Even against Cleveland last week, another game where they led by double digits, struggled to really close that game out. And if Mari Cooper doesn't get called for offensive pass interference, they might outright lose that game. So again, Baltimore Ravens, if you're betting full game with the Baltimore Ravens, you're in for a sweat every single week. Sometimes the best betting advice, like I said, to stay away from this full game line, maybe looking at the first in, first half or second half. Any props, any other bets, any other lines outside of don't bet this game that you got? I mean, my lean is on the Buccaneers. I mean, it's ugly. Some, I mean, look, the NFL is all about sometimes holding your nose and, and making a bet. And if I had to make a bet on this game, I just would hold my nose with Brady here. And I just... I just don't like what I'm seeing from Baltimore in the second halves of these games. And we all know the NFL is a small sample size sport. I mean, we're only, what, seven weeks into this season. And, you know, teams turn it around. Like, like I mean, we've seen Brady do this before. We've seen Brady, like, look like he's just dead in the water. And they turn it around. I think this Baltimore Ravens defense is the perfect team to, to, to start and maybe buy low. Because, you know, the look-ahead line on this, this game was Buccaneers minus three. 
do I, I know that loss to the Carolina Panthers was bad, but are we sure that this is this this line move is warranted? I mean, this is a four four and a half point line move. I, I, I think I. <clears throat> I think I've officially been talked out of a square bet, the square bet of the center, you know, because I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of reason, public reasoning to back the Ravens in this spot. The injuries on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers side, they just lost to the Panthers. You are not, if you buy the, if you if you fade the Bucks at this spot, you probably aren't fading them any lower than they are, right? Like it's a, you, if you're fading Tom Brady and the Bucks, you're, you're buying that fade at the lowest value possible because they just lost to the freaking Carolina Panthers and PJ Walker. So you're like, yeah, I'm jumping on the bandwagon. I like the Ravens minus one, minus one and a half. For all of the public reasoning I probably led this podcast with, you're buying, you're, you're fading the Bucks at the worst spot. I'm with you. I think we hold our nose here, pinch our nose and say, you know what? We're going to take your public reasoning. We're going to take your 64% of the cash on this game going on the Ravens side. And we're going to stick to Tom Brady. The go you know, is always fantastic. You know, go ahead. You know, one thing I want to say is that, I mean, I kind of have a vested interest in this game because before the season, I actually took the Buccaneers under 11 wins and I also took the Baltimore Ravens to win the, NF- the AFC North. I took them to, 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 to make the playoffs. I have props all over on the Ravens. And then I, I, I bought, I mean, I basically took the, the Buccaneers under. So I can kind of sit this one out. And I mean, if you're in a position, the same position I am, because we did do the preview podcast. If you're in the same position I am, you can kind of sit this one out and, you know, hope the Ravens win, hope the Bucks lose, and then, you know, you profit that way. So it's like you don't have to bet every single NFL primetime game or every NFL game. You can kind of, if you got futures, you know, it just, it plays out that way as well. So should be a fun game to watch regardless. I I, I think I, I, I'm with you. I've been flipped the script. You flipped the script on me. I, I liked Ravens to start. There are a lot of public reasons we like the Ravens, but now it's like if I'm betting this game, I probably leave, I'm probably leaning Tampa and I'm probably not even betting full game. I'm probably looking at first half lines. I'm probably looking at first quarter lines and so forth. Great. Raheem, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Let's now bring in Roger Sherman to talk some college football. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and one. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less, and one because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. Start the NFL week off right with a no-sweat same-game parlay every Thursday from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account. Every Thursday night, you'll get free bets back if your NFL same-game parlay doesn't hit. Same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. This week, Ravens at Bucks. Ravens favored by one on the road. I'm leaning Bucks this week. I like anytime touchdown score, Gus Edwards. Anytime touchdown score, Leonard Fournette, both teams looking to establish the run. And I'm taking Tampa Bay on an alternate spread, minus two and a half. You can get that at 10 to one in the same game parlay on FanDuel. That's 100 bucks, wins 1,000 on FanDuel. Build your own or choose from one of our popular SGPs rebuilt for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. 
However you want to play, you can bet the NFL every Thursday night with a no-sweat same-game parlay. And with FanDuel's new live same-game parlays, you can continue building SGPs even if the game has already started. Just sign up with promo code GAMBLERS, G-A-M-B-L-E-R-S. If you don't already have an account, that's promo code GAMBLERS to get free bets back if your SGP doesn't hit. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older in select states, three plus legs, minimum $1 bet required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max free bet $5. Restrictions applies. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-878-97777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. The Raj father joins the show, college football savant. I ended up repping Syracuse Orange today on the podcast because they, they didn't win. I thought they had a chance to freaking pull it out as underdogs, but they did cover and sometimes that's all that matters, Raj. Hell yeah. You know, like I, I said last week, sadly, I was unable to bet on this game because I live inside of the boundaries of New York State. But I still felt like I, I, still felt like I got a dub when Syracuse <laughs> came within 13.5 of Clemson. I, I was uh, stunned by DJ Uyunglele getting benched in that game. I mean, that was that was a that was a yeah, wild game. I think for they're Clemson still going to go with him moving forward. Uh, strange, strange situation. Uh, they they won with Klubnik playing, but it wasn't like he was throwing big passes. I I I think they were they were mainly rushing touchdowns. <laughs> but yeah, but they, I think they're going to go back to DJ. But Syracuse with the the win for us, not the win for them. You know, yeah. that's a giving spirit from schools that cover and lose. We don't have an orange-on-orange orange matchup. I'm trying to pronounce that as well as you do this week. But we do have some good games. I'm Call excited to talk a little North Carolina. <laughs> North Carolina versus Pitt. I think it's Pitt at North Carolina. Drake May, the Tar Heels, has been balling out. Going to also get into Ohio State at Penn State. That should be a treat. Undefeated on the season is Ohio State. Penn State at 6-1, and one, number 13 in the country. World's largest cocktail party. Florida. Florida. <laughs> Florida versus Georgia, where Georgia is a heavy favorite. But where I want to start is honestly, we're recording this on Wednesday, 11.30 PT. There's a Thursday game that I think people need to turn on. Number 14, Utah Utes going against Washington State. I, I, I'm excited for this game. Washington State's a seven-point dog at home. Utah, really explosive offense so far this year. I think they're top 10 in the Power 5 in EPA and early downs, top 10 in EPA per play overall. And the passing attack led by Cam Rising has been really, really good for Utah this year. They obviously have two losses on the season. I think they're going to be ultimately on the outside looking in at a college football playoff berth, but still a, a team that has had a lot of success, whereas Washington State, yes, they're at home. Offense has not been as great this year. Very low average depth of target for this Washington State offense. They rely on a lot of yards after the catch to get things going. Utah, I think the rightful seven-point favorite. Where are you leaning on either side of the key number here? Thursday night, Utah, Washington State. First of all, I, I love when next week is the start of action. Uh, love weeknight college football. I don't think we're going to be able to do Mac games on here because we the our college football episode comes out on Thursday and the games are Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, I'm on Utah here. Uh, I think this game, both of these teams have a defensive weakness, but Utah's defensive weakness is not going to matter 
because their problem is they're not good at stopping the run. They're 103rd in rush EPA allowed per play. They're like 4.6 yards per attempt. They're not a good running team or not a good run defense, but Washington State still does not run the ball very much. They haven't done it for years. They didn't do it under Mike Leach. They did do it under Nick Rolovich. Their OC right now is uh, Eric Morris. He was Patrick Mahomes' offensive coordinator at Texas Tech under Cliff Kingsbury. They're like 126th in rushing yards. The, the fact that Utah's rush defense doesn't matter here, but on the other side of the ball, Washington State is 90th in pass EPA allowed per play, and Utah is 15th in yards per attempt. That plays to Utah's strength. So on the one side of the ball, Utah is not going to be able to... Utah doesn't stop the run, but it doesn't matter. On the other side of the ball, Washington can't. Washington State can't stop the pass, and it really does matter because Utah is going to throw it. I've got Utah covering the spread. Yeah, Cam Rising has very quietly been one of the more productive quarterbacks in the Power Five this year. I think people's turned off Utah games after you know uh, a surprising 0-1 start against the Florida Gators. But then, since then, they've been really good, really good offensively with Cam Rising. Tavion Thomas, a former Cincinnati running back to transfer there, playing for Utah, is also one of the higher-graded running backs in the country, according to PFF. On the other side of the ball, I, I just don't trust this Washington State offense. I, I, I really do like getting Utah at minus seven before, say, later in the week, it becomes seven and a half, eight, and you get ahead of that key number. It gives you push probability, right? Whereas when you're betting Utah minus seven, there's an extra per couple percentage points in the bet, not necessarily hitting, but you get the push probability of if it lands right at seven, you get your money back. Whereas if you bet this at seven and a half and Utah only wins by seven, you lose that push probability. So I think getting it now, getting Utah minus seven on the road against Washington State, I think is the lean. I think you're with me, right? Yep. Utes. Moving to the Big Ten. Penn State versus Ohio State. Ohio State, the number two team in the country, is a 15.5 point favorite, which with juice on Fandle, minus 114, towards Ohio State, and I think that number is going to get bigger. Penn State, 15.5 point dog at home, total set at 60.5. I'm not getting under the key number here of 14. I'm not, I, I, don't like, I don't like getting Penn State at this number at all. I think more money is going to get poured on Ohio State. I think they're the better team offensively and defensively by a mile. If you just look at record, Penn State only one loss on the season. Maybe you start to think, oh, well, Penn State at home, at State College, maybe that, that, maybe that makes sense to back the Nittany Lions. Offensively, the 34th ranked team in the Power 5 in EPA per play. Defensively, the 15th ranked team in EPA per play allowed. Where you look at Ohio State, Top five in pretty much any metric you look at offensively. And what's been what, very quietly, a very good defense, too. Top three in EPA per play allowed. Top three in EPA per rush allowed. Top three in pressure rate. Like, this Ohio State team is very, very complete. Rightfully the number two team in the country. 15 and a half points on the road, I think might be too little. I like Ohio State to cover. I, I'd say Ohio State probably could be the number one team in the country. That's the only question, yeah. not, not whether they're number two or number one. I was looking at, first of all, I'm not sold on Penn State at all. They didn't look great against Minnesota's backup QB last week. I watched them play Northwestern, the team that I follow, and, and they make me sad every week. Penn State didn't look great in that game. They got the crap kicked out of them by Michigan. That was not even close. I mean, and then Ohio State just has not even really had moments this year where they don't look like football gods out there. You know, like I was looking at the event. They covered 29 and a half last week. They covered 27 and a half the week before that. They are clearing massive spreads. They're number one in EPA margin, number one in offensive EPA, number two in defensive EPA. They are like 
looking at their advanced stats profile, it's just like every single thing they do is the best or the second best in the country. I was running down the uh, advanced stats preview that uh, at Stats of War puts out every Saturday for or every week for every game. And the one category in which they weren't top five was net field position. They got to work on, they were eighth in that. They weren't top five in it. They were eighth. So that's their one weakness. They're, they're only eighth in that field position. They're just dominant in every way. And I got them covered too. Um, they're, right now I would have them number one in the country. Uh, luckily, it's, it's, not, it's not our job to do those takes. We just, we just give out the picks. well i i think what sells it for me is well i'm watching a lot more cj stroud kind of preparing for 2023 2023 nfl draft coverage and i mean he's one of the if not the most accurate quarterback in the country this year when you look at how he's able to throw the football in multiple ways like bryce young i think maybe is more accurate when other stats and all those things but bryce young is not putting the touch on tape and the and the throw variability across the catalog that C.J. Stroud is, especially when kept clean. I think Bryce Young gets the edge in terms of how he plays under pressure. I think Stroud has struggled under pressure. Go back and watch that Michigan game where you can see him get a little bit rattled in those situations. But when kept clean behind this offensive line that is very good at keeping him clean, he is phenomenal throwing the ball downfield, putting it exactly where it needs to be. The ball location, not just completing the pass, but where it needs to be versus the different coverage types. Stroud might be the best quarterback in the country for college football. I don't think I'm and, ready to have the take that he's the best quarterback br- draft prospect, but still, he's playing at a level that I don't think any other quarterback in, in, in the country is playing at right now. And if you remember, like, a few years ago, it seemed like Alabama had put together the best wide receiver class that would ever exist. You know, they had uh, Judy and Ruggs and Devontae Smith all playing at the same time. And Ohio State, like, might, the, between the guys they've had drafted recently and Smith and Jigba and Marvin Harrison Jr., like, it's just as crazy their their wide receiver talent is as what Alabama had a few years ago. On to the world's largest cocktail party. I was actually supposed to go Out, to this game last year. Outdoor. Go ahead. It's outdoor. the world's sorry, largest sorry. outdoor. <laughs> it might not party. be the world's largest Which, indoor, but it yeah, is the I, world's largest outdoor. <laughs> I, I've always questioned that, that the addition of the word outdoor there because like, it's 80,000 people. I really just highly doubt that any indoor cocktail party has more than 80K. You haven't been to a Gale indoor cocktail party. We put 90,000 inside my studio apartment here <laughs> in Los Angeles. You'd be surprised. So I, I was actually supposed to go to this game last year. It, it looks like an absolute event. Ended up not being able to due to like flight delays and different things during that same weekend. I, it's on the bucket list. So we've talked about some bucket list items in terms of games to go to. This one's got to be on there. World's my largest guy, outdoor cocktail party. My guy Austin just loves a, a neutral site rivalry game. That's your I, why not? Why not? A neutral site rivalry. People get up, man. So this Florida team is four and three on the year. They're unranked. Georgia at number one, right ahead of Ohio State. They're undefeated on the season. I, I, I don't know how to view this game outside of I think Georgia's gonna win by a lot of points. Now the, the spread is 22. significant. 22, 22 and a half in some spots. Like backing Georgia at that rate. On a neutral field, world's largest outdoor cocktail party, maybe a little booze up going into the game. I don't know. Do you have a lean on Florida at all, or are you taking a heavy favorite again? It's one of these things. I'm, it's always hard to do big spreads with, with like a number one style team because you don't know if they're going to feel motivated to cover. It, it's really about what's going on with them. I am interested in the total here because I, I don't mm-hmm. trust Florida's defense at all. 
Last week, the total in their game against LSU is 51 and a half. They gave up 45 points. They've actually declined on defense from last year under Dan Mullen when defense was issued. They were 39th in SP plus last year. They're 65th this year. They're 93rd in EPA allowed per pass. They're 130th in third and fourth down success rate allowed. The ed, and I, I mean, there are problems there. And Georgia has gone, has not uh, hit a lot of totals this year. They're one, five and one at hitting over under. So they're not getting there. But I think this is a week where they could put up like 40 points on a bad Florida defense. And Florida's talented enough to score one or two touchdowns. <laughs> I think we could get over 56 and a half here. That's my lead here. I, I, I'm not touching the total. I'm not touching the full game spread. But I do like, here's the bet I'll make on the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. So you can get back to the party. Just bet the first quarter, Georgia minus six and a half at minus 112 on Vandal. I think them getting out to a touchdown lead in the first quarter. It's the fifth ranked offense in EPA per play. It's the best rushing attack in the country by a country mile, actually. And defensively, it's a top five defense in any metric you look at. Whereas Florida... This defense has really, really struggled. They're struggling to create pressure. They're struggling to limit big plays both on the ground and in the passing game. I think Georgia gets out to a hot, hot start on a neutral site. They get out to a seven-point lead in the first quarter. I think that's the bet I make. I think the reason I, I stay away from a full-game spread like this is like, this opens up, between two good football teams on a neutral site, this opens up a backdoor, right? Where Florida and the offense yeah. could sneak into the back end of that 22-and-a-half when they're technically in garbage time, and Georgia's kind of letting off the you know letting off the gas a little bit. That that's probably the lean I have, though. I'm taking Georgia minus six and a half in first, first quarter game. spread. You need someone in the stadium to text you when the coin toss happens. True, and, and true. If if if, uh, if Georgia gets the ball, I don't even team. think it matters. So I think I think Georgia holds Florida to a three and out on the first opening drive. I don't care. I, I like Georgia in the first half. Who regardless who wins that coin flip? That sounds Last very game, likely. Go ahead. That sounds very Last likely. Last game on the slate. Last game on the slate. I want to talk a little Drake May. Pittsburgh 4-3 and three on the season. Unranked. Going against UNC, the North Carolina Tar Heels. Number 21 in the country. 6-1 and one on the season. This offense, led by Drake May, who's one of the highest graded quarterbacks in the country, according to PFF, is 6th in EPA per play and 1st in EPA per pass. May has really, really been a successful quarterback for this team. And against a Pittsburgh defense that's been middle of the pack in terms of efficiency, I, I, like, I like UNC by a lot this week. I think they cover and they win big at home. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Every UNC game this year has been awesome. <laughs> they beat App State 65-63 to 63 on a two-point conversion stop. They beat Georgia State by seven on a fourth-quarter touchdown. They beat Duke uh, on a touchdown with 16 seconds left in the, in the rivalry game against it doesn't get as much play as the basketball rivalry but yeah. so every game is coming close they've won two games by exactly three points in the last two weeks and the spread here is three and a half I'm on Pittsburgh plus three and a half because every UNC really? game is decided on the last play of the game UNC is going I, I, to I win I, exactly by one to two to three points and, uh, and that, that's my take here What's incredible is right now, Fandle is juicing that plus three and a half at minus 122. You can bet North Carolina minus three and a half at plus 100 right now. So even money, you're not getting the big. I think that's because a lot of the same logic you have. They're thinking, you no, know, this game might come down in the end here. Pittsburgh, maybe they don't win, but they do cover the three. I'm going to I'm gonna stick to Drake May here. I'm going to think they cover the three and a half. And if I can get any even money right now on Fandle, I, I, I'm taking the North Carolina Tar Heels. I'm taking Drake May to beat up on the Pittsburgh Panthers at home. That's going to do it. 
for the Ringer Gambling Show. That was Raheem. That was Roger talking college football and the NFL. Make sure you tune in to the rest of the Ringer Gambling feed throughout the week. On Fridays, Warren Sharp and House reset the slate as lines become more efficient and the injury reports come in. Also, big shout out to our producers, Stefan Anderson, Steve Cerruti, and Connor Nevins. Until next time, Austin Gale, Raheem Palmer, Roger Sherman, The Ringer Gambling Show. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC Pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com.